Hey, it's Jeff Sanders. You know, the true path to success for any endeavor is a winding road. But part of that journey is actively going in the wrong direction. Or so it seems. This is the 5AM Miracle, episode number 431. Backward is forward. How experiencing the opposite is the path to success. Good morning, I am Jeff Sanders, and this is the podcast dedicated to dominating your day before breakfast. So I'm doing something right now in this moment that I have not done in years, and that is to record this podcast intro while fading the music up and down live like in a live broadcast, which is how I produced this podcast for years and then stopped doing that a little while ago, maybe a year ago or so, uh, because I thought it would be higher audio quality and easier for me in post-production editing if I just layered the audio in after the fact. Now, you may not care about that process at all, but I think there's something interesting about doing a a live production here with the podcast with the music that I'm literally going to fade out right now. There we go. And I can do so live in a way that makes the show feel like this is authentic, like I'm having a real conversation with you. And there's something special and personal about podcasting that you do not get with other mediums. Uh, It's a reason why I love doing this show and one that I want to bring back, one specifically meaning that personal vibe that I think that the show used to have in a a better way that somehow lost that sense of that, 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 that touch Even me stumbling over my words right there, right? That sense of authenticity about this being uh, more of a live production and less of a super polished, uh, edited thing that just sounds like an NPR, let's say, uh, which NPR in the podcasting space is well known for having super high quality productions, amazing audio, amazing content, and it's produced by professionals. And I like to think of this podcast as one of the best podcasts in the world for a number of reasons. Uh, It may or may not be from your opinion, but I think one of the key lessons that I've learned in the last few months, and especially in the last couple of years during the COVID pandemic, has been that I have been bringing back a lot of the older things I used to do and making them new again. So finding old habits I used to do that I somehow lost touch with, uh, things that I thought were amazing that I either got distracted and stopped doing them, got lazy and just quit on something, or just for one reason or another, there was an older version of me that had some good things going and I stopped with those good things. But I have the chance to bring them back. I have the chance for the future version of Jeff Sanders to include the newer best stuff, as well as the really great old habits as well. And so for me, this podcast is in many ways a personification, let's say, of who I am. And so because of that, I want to highlight some changes that I make in my life in a more uh, transparent way, let's say. And so one of the things I'm going to try and do going forward is bringing back that pattern of doing some live music here uh, on the show as well as, and this is going to be a great, cool thing for uh, if you're a listener of the show for the last, I don't know, eight years since the show launched, you may remember a segment I used to do called the Tip of the Week. This is a segment that I launched right in the very beginning that lasted for years, but I stopped doing it. It has not been since about July of 2017, almost five years ago, that this Tip of the Week segment existed, and then it just got cut off. 
Now, it got cut off by me on purpose, intentionally, because my attempt was to make the show's production more efficient to save me time and to have the content of the show uh, be more streamlined to get to the point faster. What I usually do, if you listen to episodes I've done the last, let's say, two years or so, is I go from the intro to the content right away. But there used to be a way, uh, a better way potentially, for me to go from the intro of this show to tell you what it's going to be about and have a quick little tip of the week segment where we dig into something that's kind of interesting and maybe totally random, which we're going to do right now. So <laughs> buckle up. Here we go. Uh, the tip of the week for what we've got here, uh, episode number 431, is that I have, at least for now, changed the email app I use. This is a big deal. I have promoted and pitched the Postbox app for the Mac for years on this podcast, and I have loved Postbox for a long, long time. However, I may have found a replacement. Um, I wasn't even looking for one. I just stumbled across one that I think has the potential to be my new go-to email app on my Mac. So this tip of the week is specifically for people who are Mac users who have at least one Gmail account that they want to use on their Mac. If you're a PC user, I am sorry, this is not for you. You can fast forward the episode by about two or three minutes. Um, If you are a Mac user and you use Gmail, then stick around. This is great. So the app is called MimeStream, M-I-M-E-S-T-R-E-A-M. It's kind of an awkward name. MimeStream is a a weird word. I'm not a huge fan of that part, but the rest of it's great. So, So the app, as they describe it on their website, is a native macOS email client for Gmail. Uh, MimeStream combines your favorite Gmail features with the power of a native macOS app so you can move through your email effortlessly. Uh, Here's the key thing there. This is a very fast app. I'm amazed at how fast it is. Um, It's an incredibly powerful, very lightweight application. So you can open your email, you can reply to it, respond to it, uh, file it away, go to the next one just so quickly. And, you know, as a guy who loves efficiency, loves productivity, this is an absolute game changer. Uh, So on their website, they also say that this is made for Mac, optimized for Gmail, and as a native app written in Swift, MimeStream leverages the full power of Mac OS to deliver a lightning fast and instantly familiar experience. Instead of using the IMAP protocol, which is most popular, uh, MimeStream utilizes the Gmail API to enable an enhanced set of features to let you work with ease. Here's the really cool thing. Besides being really fast, This application, MimeStream, mirrors the Gmail settings. So if you change a setting in Gmail, most of those settings then come over directly into the app itself. So you have this kind of a clone right there. So instead of using gmail.com, this MimeStream app can change the way you use Gmail in a really profound way because you get the same tools and features. Uh, It's also an M1 native uh, app, so it's super fast. Uh, It was created by a guy named Neil Javeri, who's a former Apple Mail employee. So this guy gets mail on the Mac. Um, And the best part is, this is free right now in beta. Um, It will cost something later. You can get this whole thing for free right now. So go to MimeStream.com or a little faster, JeffSanders.com slash email, and you'll get to the same place. So jeffsanders.com slash email and boom, you're in. Or jeffsanders.com slash 431 for the show notes this week.
And now we're going to move on to the feature segment. So welcome back all of our PC users who skipped the tip of the week. Um, I'm sorry for you. Please buy a Mac. You'll love it. Okay. The feature segment this week is an intriguing one because this includes some wisdom that I got from a TikTok video. That's right. TikTok. Um, I look for wisdom wherever I can find it. And my friend Melanie Curtis, who was a guest on this podcast just recently, posted a really great rant by a woman on TikTok who honestly shared some phenomenal wisdom. And when I watched this video, I immediately knew this is gold advice. This is really good stuff. And so I transcribed what she said in this video. I'm going to read this here. I hope I don't break any copyright rules for her, but I will give her credit. Uh, there's a link also in the show notes for the video. Uh, her name is Keta Lauren, or at least her username is, um, on TikTok. So it's at Keta Lauren, K-E-T-A-L-O-R-E-N. Her videos are really bizarre. It's just basically her in her car yelling at the phone. Kind of funny, kind of interesting, but this is a really good one. So um, here's what she said. Your ability to create the reality you want is directly determined by your willingness to experience its opposite. Saving money will have you feeling broke while it's making you rich. Setting boundaries will have you feeling alone while you are creating new, healthy relationships in your life. Digging up your trauma will have you feeling broken while it's actually healing you. Working out has you feeling weak while it's actually making you strong. Learning something new makes you feel dumb while it's actually making you more intelligent. Your ability to attain the thing you want is directly correlated with how willing you are to experience its opposite. This is really good stuff. Like, I'm not sure how to respond to this other than saying, yes, yes, yes. These things are all true. Uh, what I have seen through goal achievement, success-oriented people, high achievers, um, anyone who's trying to do anything significant is going to experience a, a range of emotions, including everything from self-doubt to courageous behavior to amazing success to awful failure, all the things in between, right? It's a winding road, right? That's what this is all about, is that we have this vision of success being a straight line. We're going to go from here to there, boom, and we're done. And the reality is so different. So we're going to break down this concept uh, in the best way that we can to really uh, conceptualize digging into this perspective, that feeling and experiencing the opposite is actually what we need to experience the thing we're trying to experience. We have to do the opposite to get what it is that we want. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with my sponsor, Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. 
Now, here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. Fast forward to the end of 2024 and think about your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should check out my sponsor, Babbel. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, and studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions, without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. So when I think about experiencing the opposite, one of the very first things that comes to mind is sacrifice. Because getting what you want requires work. It requires giving of yourself in some capacity. Even if that work is easy or fun, it's still work. We have to give things up. We have to fight for the result that we want. And part of that fight is the emotional feeling that you are losing something when in fact you are actually winning, which is exactly what this entire episode is really getting at is that this sacrifice, this giving up of ourselves is that emotional feeling of we lost something. We're doing the opposite of something. We feel like we're going broke or we're actually getting rich. We feel like we're getting weak or we're actually getting strong. And that sacrifice is that emotional feeling of I'm losing. I'm doing something wrong here. I don't like how this makes me feel. But that's such an integral part of what it means to actually succeed. Because that sacrifice, that work, that giving of yourself that going the wrong direction is the thing that actually ends you up where you want to be, right? If you pursue things that don't require a sacrifice, if you pursue something that's super simple and easy, oftentimes that gives you the result that that provides, which is not what you want. The easy path is usually not the best one. It's the one that requires you to climb the mountain, the one that requires you to put in extraordinary effort the discipline, the hard work for years on end, that's the path you actually want. We don't want to voluntarily choose that path because it sounds like work and that's what it is. But that sacrifice is the thing. So experiencing the opposite is an indicator of success. It is an obvious way for you to say something's going right because it feels so wrong. And I hate saying it that way, but that's exactly what this is. Is that emotional feeling of, I feel like I'm getting beat up here, might be the very feeling that you need to reinforce the fact that this is working. The path is going in the right direction. 
You know, I heard years ago that if you are about to give up on something that you've been working really hard for, if the, the mountain seems taller than ever and you are just exhausted by what's happening and you're overwhelmed in the scenario and it just seems like an impossible mountain to climb, that you are so close to success. You are so close to a breakthrough. And it's in those moments that if you give up then, you have missed that chance. But if you push just a little bit harder, you will get that breakthrough and all of a sudden, the rest is so much easier. Because you were right there. You were already sacrificing, already fighting, already giving of yourself. But you were that close and all you have to do is push a little more. Continue to experience the opposite a little bit more and then all of a sudden, it all works. Everything clicks and it comes together. And this is such a true feeling. I've had this numerous times just recently because I know that when I'm fighting that hard for something, that means I'm close. I am very close to the answer I'm seeking. I'm close to that success I'm seeking. It is right there. And so, yes, sacrifice is an epically important element of what it means to pursue something that you actually care about. And part of this conversation, I can't help but think about Ryan Holiday's book, The Obstacle is the Way. This is a book I've discussed on this podcast numerous times in the past because it just really struck me when I read this book years ago. Because it's true that the obstacle is the path forward. You know, it feels good to win when we exert effort. And it feels good to relax on the couch, let's say, after you've worked out really hard. Right? The thing that feels good only feels good really because you just denied yourself the opportunity to have it because you were pushing so hard, because you were pursuing the obstacle, because you were fighting for the thing that you care about, and then the reward is that much sweeter. So the obstacle that stands in your way between where you are now and you know laying on the couch later to watch Netflix or whatever it is that you do, right? that reward is rewarding if you had to fight hard to get it. But somehow it doesn't feel that way if you're always on the couch, if you're always getting the fluffier side of life, if things are always comfortable, well, then comfort itself is no longer comforting. We have to fight for the comfort. We have to experience discomfort. We have to go through the obstacles or around them or over them or through them. We have to experience the obstacles firsthand so that the reward itself can actually be a reward. And that's the intent. That's what we're after here is the opposite is the path forward. The obstacle is the way. Now, along those same lines, the other side of fear is the thing we're also after. If the obstacle itself is a version of fear for you, whatever you're afraid of, that is the very thing that we are facing here. And to overcome the fear is to face it and realize it And then notice, oh, wait, that fear was unfounded. It's not as scary as it seemed. And the opposite of that fear, the opposite of the thing that we're so afraid of is the courage it takes to face it. And when we face those obstacles with even an ounce of courage, we begin to realize that our courage is enough, that we already have what it takes to begin that process, to face that fear, to face that obstacle, to experience that discomfort, to experience the opposite. And then all of a sudden, the other side of fear is the success. It is the reward. It is the thing that works for us. But we have to have that little bit of courage because that's required to win. 
It's required to succeed. It's required to push us forward through the discomfort into the obstacle and then ultimately over that mountain and into success itself. And one of the things that has helped me to identify courage or identify fear is more objectivity in the way that I pursue my work. So as an example here, uh, recently I was in, I'll call like an email battle between me and this company. Uh, I got into a real kind of vicious fight online. Uh, Not a fun one. I kind of described this on Facebook a few weeks ago. Um, It was a feisty email conversation. And one reason why I was so like emotionally upset and drained by this conversation was because it was emotional. And the thing is, it didn't have to be. I got myself more worked up than I should have, uh, more invested emotionally than I should have. And had I exuded more objectivity and more black and white thinking, a little more direct, a little more clear, and not so just hyped up Jeff Sanders, that objectivity would have released me from that pressure to be emotionally involved. And this is another way of saying when we can step away from whatever we're experiencing, we can see what is required and then act on that in a way that's more mature, in a way that's more confident, and in a way that gets the result we want with a lot less energy, resources, and emotion tied into it. In other words, we can actually experience the success we want by not actually pursuing it as if it matters. This is kind of an interesting way to view the opposite is the way forward, that backward is forward, is that if we step away from the end result as if it's not as important to us emotionally, that's actually when we get the thing we want. Because the emotion can become an obstacle. We can become our own bottleneck in these scenarios. And having more objectivity to fight the things, to fight for the things we want is to give ourselves the chance to be more methodical, to be more mature, to get the result in a way that's much more achievable and a lot less emotionally draining. And the final piece about this that I want to mention is the fact that this courage that we're after, the courage that we need to face our fears, the courage we need to overcome these obstacles, and the courage we need to step away from the emotion and to be more objective, that comes from a daily practice. You know, one of the reasons why that I love this podcast concept of the 5 a.m. miracle and why this show began in the first place was because of daily habits. And one of the things that I didn't realize years ago was that my daily habits a decade ago and more were actually based upon this idea of daily discipline. They were based on daily courage. I was doing things every day that I was a little scared of, and I was building discipline in small doses. And a little bit of stress, a little bit of courage every day in small doses will make us stronger over time. It's the chronic stress that will actually tear us down. So we're looking for little bits of of opportunity to challenge ourselves and grow. And that's how we actually get significantly better over time. And so if you're looking for a daily dose of courage, a daily habit to actually push you forward, well, then pick what that thing is going to be and add that into your schedule. Choose something that's a little bit scary, a little bit fear-inducing, the thing that you are afraid to actually pursue at all, Pursue that thing a little bit. Have that daily dose of courage to eat that frog, as Brian Tracy would say, right? To do something on purpose every day to face those fears. 
And you could do so at 5 a.m. if you want to, or do so later in the day, but choose a time for you that says, yes, I've got that willpower, I've got that discipline, I am ready to begin. So let's pursue something. Let's make this possible. Let's experience the opposite of what it is that we want by experiencing a little bit of stress, a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of fear, but then know that because we did that, the other side is beautiful. The other side is successful. It is rewarding. It is positive and amazing. It is all the things you wanted, but you only got there because you were willing to experience a few moments of discomfort. And for the action step this week, lean into the opposite. Embrace the idea that sacrifice is part of the equation. And in this context, that means being willing to experience the opposite of what you want in order to get what you want. Yes, it's a paradox, but it works every time. Lean into the journey. Be willing to struggle. JeffSanders.com slash 431 is the place to go for the episode notes. And of course, subscribe to this podcast in the app you're using right now. That's all I've got for you here on the 5 a.m. Miracle Podcast this week. Until next time, you have the power to change your life. And the fun begins bright and early. Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and I'm here to tell you about Greg McEwen and his amazing show, The Greg McEwen Podcast, part of the Yap Media Network. Want to achieve more by doing less, all while avoiding burnout? You can design a life that really matters with Greg McEwen, author of New York Times bestsellers, Effortless and Essentialism. His mission is to help you advocate and negotiate your way to remarkable results. Every Tuesday, Greg discusses one key topic he finds interesting and valuable through the lens of the essentialist. Every Thursday, he invites thought leaders, entrepreneurs, celebrities, and people like you for inspired weekly conversations focused on learning how to do what matters first and do less but better. His content will stir your thoughts and spark inspiration and action. And his British accents, well, that's just the cherry on top. Subscribe to the Greg McEwen podcast today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.